All right, and welcome back to Trumbull Dads, quarantine edition three or four. I've actually lost count at this point. Um, with Rob Finn and Brian BG, I am Nate Moyer. Let's just jump right into it. We're going to talk a little bit NFL draft recap, even though I think we're a week or two after that, but we haven't had a podcast since then, so we're going to talk about it now. Um, you can probably just skip skip forward seven minutes if you don't want to uh, hear any more draft recap. But guys, did you like the draft? I know we kind of had a draft party via uh, the Zoom meeting. That was kind of fun. Um, had some beers, enjoyed making fun of all the picks, making fun of Roger Goodell in his basement. But uh, what did you guys think? Brian, we'll start with you. What, how'd you like the draft? What, what'd your, uh, what was your favorite pick, I guess? I like Xavier McKinney with the Giants. They got him, uh, was that second round? I thought that was pretty much a steal right there. Uh, he's going to be good for their secondary, and he's boys with Jabril Peppers. So uh, that's going to be pretty awesome for them. Uh, to get back together, a good young core. Start looks like it's starting to form uh, with them, and uh, excited for that young, you know, youth movement for the Giants. They they need it, you know. They've they've been successful. They've been unsuccessful, uh, but you know, with Barkley and DJ and a young defense, it should be fun to watch. I'm I'm looking forward to that. So you're optimistic with with the pick. Yeah, yeah, I think they drafted well. I think the Giants uh, addressed a lot of issues that they had, and uh, they're going to be all right. I, I don't say that too often, so I, I think they, I think they did well this year. All right, well, guys, I, I, I completely skipped over. I mean, I think I got the quarantine brain, but um, what are we all drinking tonight? Too, I goofed that up. So, Rob, what are you, what are you drinking before we get to your draft stuff? Well, I'm drinking a collaboration called All Together. It's uh, from Overseas Brewing and Other Half Brewery. And um, it's a regular IPA, 6.5%. Um, our little local 99 Bottles had it, so I figured I'd support the, uh, the hospitality professionals. That's what they're there for. And it's a pretty uh, pretty decent IPA. Not too juicy. It's probably pretty similar to that Dockside uh, one that you gave me last time. Um, but it's pretty good. So I... Uh, Support your local uh, beverage center and support your hospitality professionals here buying all together. Yeah, Brian, what do you got tonight? Uh, I may have had this on on here before. It's a uh, it's a brewery called Marlowe. They're from Connecticut, North Haven, so local. Uh, very orange kind of pale ale, American pale ale, real juicy orange flavor, and. Always good stuff. Good artwork on it, too. That's a good beer. What's the artwork have? I mean, I can see your screen, but why don't you describe it to the... Uh... Oh, for those who can't see... <laughs> Since we are a podcast. it's uh, It's got like these birds carrying orange blossoms with a lot of orange stuff all over it. White can. Uh, very artisanal. Nice. All right. And I'm drinking a Super Sparkle by Kent... Kent Farm, Kent Falls Brewing. Kent Falls. Actually, Brian actually had this on, I don't know, a month or two ago, and uh, I saw this, saw this, and again, 99 that we're talking about. This seems to be a local <coughs> place we like to get our beers at. Um, nice guys in there, but I saw it in there, and I was like, hey, Brian had that, so I'm, I'm trying it out. Not bad, not bad. I like it. Um, so, all right, Rob, let's go ahead and kick back to the draft now that we skipped the beer part. What, what do you like? I mean, I know you're a Giants fan, too. You and Brian are Giants fans. You guys share that in common, uh, but... Do you like what the Giants did, or do, is there anybody else you liked? 
No, I, I, I'm sticking with the Giants. I, I think it was a very boring and expected draft for the Giants, which is normal. I did not want anything crazy. They got the best offensive tackle. Um, Thomas is a beast, and he's going to be a left tackle for the next decade plus. And you just got Daniel Jones last year. You got Barkley the year before. You needed to solidify that left side. So I think that was maybe not the sexiest pick. Uh, I think a lot of people, including myself, were looking at Simmons. And um, I know we needed to beef up the defense, but like Brian mentioned, uh, McKinney on, you know, being a safety back there with Peppers, I think is just going to bolster our defense up. Uh, But I think the smart pick was just, you know, getting that offensive line secured. And, um, you know, you, you just don't pass up on the best offensive tackle. And especially the guy like that out of Georgia, I mean, he's just a beast. So I think it was a smart, smart draft from the Giants, uh, top to bottom. I like everyone they got, and uh, you know, I'm excited. They they filled in some holes, so I'm excited to see how these this offensive line does next year. I'm hoping, uh, hoping for some big things. We'll see what happens. All right. Well, before I get into who I like, which I think everybody knows, I'm going to say the Cardinals. But before I get into that, I do like to say I, the Giants made a great pl- uh, pickup. This was after the draft. I'm still going to kind of loop it into the draft. They picked up a quarterback out of Northern Arizona University, which is the Big Sky Conference. It's up in Flagstaff, Arizona. He is a quarterback. His name is Case. I think it's Case Keenum. He's he's pretty awesome. I've seen him. Um, I don't know if he's going to translate to the NFL, but he broke basically all the records at the school. Um, I think I think he might make the third string there. I don't. He's not going to be a backup. He's not going to start, but. You know, if he plays his cards right, I think he might be able to be the Giants' number three based on what I've seen. Now, obviously, I'm a little biased. That's my alma mater. But I, I like him. It's the first player I've seen out of my college that I've been actually excited about in a very, very long time. So um, I like the Giants. Pick that up. I hope I think he his last well. name is Cookus. Cookus. Who am I thinking of? I'm thinking of – I just named the uh, – You're thinking the, of Case Keenum. Keenum is – uh, Case Cookus. I'm thinking Case of, Cookus is quite the name. There we go. Quite Cookus. That's actually embarrassing for me as a – lumberjack up in northern arizona but anyway cases i you'll think hearing about that <laughs> well what oh, we guys out there that are listening in right now you'll be hearing about it yeah oh yeah <laughs> so dj watch it watch your back i think you got you got case cases on the case so anyway i like i like that pickup i don't think the giants did a bad job uh we have another friend of ours that's a jets fan i think the jets actually did not not too bad they didn't blow the draft like i thought they would so uh but my pick is the cardinals i love simmons uh, I, I know they could have kind of gone different ways, but I'm so excited Simmons fell into our lap. I like the fact that he's a hybrid. We can flex him out. We've had so many problems on defense guarding a tight end that I think Simmons will fill that void, no problem. I like the uh, the third-round pick we got was, you know, when we took Simmons, everybody was like, well, we should have taken an offensive lineman. We really needed that. And then we got Josh Jones from Houston, the offensive tackle that everybody thought was the, a number one or number two in some plays. I know the Giants took the number one guy, but um, you know he was in the top three everywhere. We're not really sure why he dropped, but gosh, that was a great pickup for the Cardinals. And you think about it, that was their third-round pick. Their second-round pick, they essentially traded for DeAndre Hopkins. So you think about, if you kind of look at this from a Cardinals perspective, they got Simmons, Hopkins, and Brown, all these guys in the first three picks. So I, I'm excited about that. Are the Cardinals winning the Super Bowl this year? No, but they're going to be up and coming. I'm excited to watch them. I think they just need one more wide receiver, and they'll be able to get this thing going. Um, Larry's not going to be there forever. Um, so, you know, I am I'm, I'm really hope Christian Kirk kind of molds well with 
Hopkins, but I mean, that trio might be kind of fun to watch this year. And if Murray stays healthy, we'll see. So that's kind of my, uh, my take on it. They got, they got Murray in the MVP hunt there. Vegas odds got Murray, I think, uh, 14 to one or something like that. Wow. MVP. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's up there. I think it was, uh, Mahomes, Brady, and Murray. Or like the top three uh, odds Not for Jackson again. MVP Lamar, no, he wasn't on there. Really, Lamar? Well, I, I, he's he's up there, but it was just the the list that I was that I was looking at. It was, it was surprising to see Kyler Murray on that list because I mean he's good and he had a good year, but I don't know if he's going to leapfrog into MVP territory. But we'll see. Hey. I mean, with DeAndre, I don't know. You know, and Kirk is really good too. So if he's just airing yep. it out and throwing it to them. I, you never know. He could put up some numbers. Christian Kirk's a local guy. He actually came from Scottsdale, uh, went to Saguaro High School down there. Those of you who are familiar with Scottsdale football. Um, but, yeah, I think it could be exciting. I think they're going to be exciting to watch. I don't know if they've got enough to get. I think they could sneak into the playoffs, but I don't know that they have enough to, to move on. But hearing Murray in the MVP talk is kind of exciting for me. Um, so, anyway, uh, another thing. So, we haven't really had much sports to watch, basically at all. But one thing that ESPN has done is they aired what's called The Last Dance, which I'm sure most of you have heard of. Uh, but it's basically the talking about the 1990 Bulls and Michael Jordan. It's a 10-part documentary. I think we're up to episode 8 that just got released. Um, but anyway, it's, it's been kind of fun to watch. Um, obviously, a lot of us grew up with, with the Bulls dominating. We got to see Michael Jordan play. Um, outside of the 1993 finals, I've been excited about watching the last dance because they beat my Phoenix Suns, but otherwise, w- what have you guys taken from it so far? So, Rob, what what have you liked from the last dance so far? Uh, what I've liked from it, um, I'm a Knicks fan, and I did not like the Bulls at all growing up, obviously for obvious reasons. Um, but I do like the inside information, you know, the background stories. You know, not growing up in Chicago, and I I follow the NBA, but I don't say I followed it diligently. But just the inside stories, and I didn't realize that was um, was going to be uh, Coach Phil's like last year and everything that was going on in that final season. You know, I don't know. Maybe I just didn't pay attention. Maybe I just didn't have the internet then. I didn't have an iPhone. Was staring at it all the time. I think it was uh, probably my senior year of uh, of high school, going into college. I had other things thinking about, but I think it's just really interesting the backstories of the guy, especially with Scottie Pippen. Because I always thought he was a good player, but you just don't realize how good of a player Scotty was. And he was the 122nd, I think they said, like paid player in the league. And I think Scotty still, maybe he wouldn't have been a Hall of Famer in 18, but I think he might have been. He was that good. Um, but I think Jordan just pushed him to be even better than he was. And, uh, you know, just learning the inside guys, forget about Jordan, but just r- the stories with Rodman, Pippen. Um, I think it's just an interesting behind the scenes and the fact that they actually had a, so much information doc, you know, uh, film footage that they were allowed to film that last season just makes it even better because you get a lot of inside information on it. It's not like guys reenacting or talking about it. You get to see some live shots or not live shots, but you get to see live shots of guys at the time and what they were doing on the bus and everything. So I think it's just a, a very good detailed. I'm a big documentary guy of, uh, of any championship team and any dynasty team. I think it's good. Brian, what about you? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with all of that. Um, 
my I, I always like to to be the devil's advocate here. Look at the other side. So you know, as good as Pippen was, he was really a great basketball player in that era. But was he that good because he played with Jordan, and all the focus was on Jordan and left him open? Given his ability, he was you know if he's the number two going against a number two, he was basically a one A instead of a number two. Uh, you know, type player on that team. But so I always question, you know, as good as Pippen was, uh, you know, would he have put those numbers up if Jordan, ever, if he never played with Jordan, if it was just him? Who knows? We, we'll never know. But well, we kind of saw for two years when yeah, Jordan was gone did. a we little did, bit. But, and they, but they didn't win. I mean, you know, when it, uh, that full year, I think they were had only won maybe 30 games or something like that going into February or March or whatever it was. And, uh, you know, they're fighting for a playoff spot. And they made it in, um, but they won the first know. round. They beat the Cavs, but they lost to the Knicks. Lost to the in Knicks. the semifinals uh, that year. But they had Kukoc, so they had Tony Kukoc that came over from Europe. So he was kind of like the other, you know, other. I wouldn't want to say star player, but the other, you know, top guy on the team. But Scotty, I mean, I, you're you're right. I, I think who knows how good Scotty would have been if he just had, let's say he just got drafted by the Jazz and stayed with the Jazz the whole time, where you know. Got drafted by the Golden State Warriors. You, you know, you don't, you never know. Maybe we're not really talking about it. Maybe he's just a, uh, you know. Yeah. What if he, what if he stayed in Seattle? What if Pippen never got traded to the Bulls? You know, would we still be talking about him the same way? Maybe. Don't know. Uh, you know, what if it was Pippen, Kemp, and uh, Ooh, Gary Payton? The glove. That could have been. Yeah, that, that could have been a scary team right there. So who? Yeah. Who knows? You know, but uh, you know, I just like to play the the other side of it. You know, what what would have happened? Clearly. What did happen was great. You know, they had great teams, and it's just fun to watch. You know, and what that, I think I take away is that Skip Pippen was a defensive player, though. He was tr- uh, tremendous on defense. I think, forget about his offense. I know his offensive numbers are probably higher because he played with Jordan. But, I mean, his rebounding, his defense, I mean, he won defensive player of the year, right? So, I mean, I think he was just a good player, and I think Jordan just brought out the better offensive numbers out of him. But, you're right. You're absolutely right. I think he could have, but I, I think Pippen still would be a Hall of Famer wherever he would have went, as long as he had a good point guard with him. But yes, I agree. Yeah. And you know, and go, just going back to the show itself, I mean, I think it's very interesting. You know, we we didn't have social media back then. There was no Twitter. There was no twenty four seven access to these players' lives. So seeing Jordan uh, through that you know, camera all the time on him, knowing who what he's talking about, what he's saying. You know, if he did that now, he'd be looked at in a very different way. You know, I don't think he would get away with being the, the asshole that he was on the team. Sorry for the language. But, you know, he wasn't, uh, he wasn't, you know, he was doing it because he wanted everybody to play to a certain level. And I get that. He was trying to get everybody to, to get to his level. Nobody was going to be Michael Jordan. Nobody's going to be that kind of guy. But he, if he was able to elevate anybody else's game by doing it the way he was doing it, putting you know pressure or poking the bear kind of thing, uh, he was the only person that was able to do it because he backed it up. He was better than everybody else out there. So you know, if LeBron did that right now, what if LeBron started, you know, he, he he's never acted that way, but what if he what if he did? What if he acted that yeah. way, but now on Twitter, people were reacting and, 
voicing their opinion and players were coming out saying, hey, I, you know, I don't like this, I don't like that, and they get a, uh, a following of all these people that think that you know, LeBron's not as, not as good person as, as he might come across. Back then, we didn't know. We didn't see that side of Jordan. We had no idea. All we saw of him was on TV and putting up points and putting Space people on posters and Space Jam. Like, all the, be like Mike. I mean, the advertisements, like, Be Like Mike is one of the most successful advertisement campaigns ever. And, you know, what we saw of him and our perception was Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player, one of the greatest athletes ever on the planet that we've ever, ever seen. But I think it'd be totally different if it was if it was right now. And it's just very interesting to go back and see footage from the 90s that they've recorded, and we're only seeing it now. It's like 20 yeah. years later. It's crazy. And the footage is is really good. I mean, the, the quality of it's it's amazing. I mean, obviously, they've probably remastered it a little bit. But still, it's. I mean, I feel like I'm watching something on Netflix that happened last year. I mean, some of the outside of the wardrobe that they're wearing, like in the suits. But uh, yeah, it, the quality is just pretty amazing. I, I've been I've been impressed by that. But um, one thing, it, it's funny you kind of talk about how Jordan is because I think one of the first episodes, he was. I think they were over in Europe or something, and he was getting mic'd up, and the guy that was miking him asked if he can get an autograph. And Jordan kind of stepped back and like looked at this other guy, like, "Why is this guy asking me for an autograph?" wouldn't give it right and I kind of thought man Michael Jordan really is a jerk right and then as I've watched more of it you know I, I've seen more of him they kind of talked about it in later episodes where he was actually a nice guy after the games and stuff like that but on the court you know he was kind of a madman and you know but it, he can get away with it he was the best I mean I think in my opinion probably the best player ever in the in the game of basketball but you know you start to see more in this um documentary i think there's one when he has i think scott burrell his teammates one of the guys that's in a wheelchair he comes in after and he's like hey how you doing sits with them takes a picture with them you know he's asking him what he's doing for dinner that night um you see him do some other things with kids i mean that's the other side of him i never really saw that um either but i always i mean obviously we saw the be like mike we see space jam and things like that so that that was interesting to see a little bit more of that so i've actually um lighten up a little bit on what my thoughts are, Michael. Because at the beginning of it, I was like, yep, that makes sense. But now as I'm watching more, I'm like, you know, I get it. And he's got the spotlight on him all the time. He was talking about walking out of his hotel room. You know, it's just wherever he goes, there's always people around and things like that where his hotel room is kind of like his his safe space where he could just relax, except for the camera crew. But uh, no, it's, it's definitely been fun to watch. Definitely with no other sports going on, I'm glad ESPN moved it up because... It is fun. And, and again, Rob, like to your point, we didn't really pay that much attention to it when we were that age. We didn't have the 24 News that we never really knew it was the last season at the beginning of the season. Um, you know, I, I didn't really hear that much drama about his gambling. I knew there was a little bit of gambling. I knew he golfed because I have one of his upper deck cards where he's golfing on it. But, um, you know, some of the other drama aspects, I didn't, I didn't really pay that much attention to. So it was kind of interesting to learn a lot more about the news that I, I, you know, I just didn't see that much. I would watch whatever was on NBA and NBC or maybe sports center or something like that, but I would not get as much as I've gotten from this documentary. So, yeah. So, all right, guys, we're, we're thinking maybe there might be some baseball in July, major league baseball, kind of exciting to hear that. What do you guys think it's going to look like in July? I mean, obviously the MLB owners have approved something. They're still waiting on the players to approve it. Um, but what do, you, what do you guys think it's going to be like, Brian? We'll start with you this time. Uh, if it happens, it's going to be, I don't know, pretty bland. I mean, without the, the fans 
uh, it's going to be quiet. It'll be interesting to watch because we like, I mean, we like baseball. We like watching sports. You know, let, let's be honest. If it's on, I'm going to be watching. And I do fantasy baseball and I'm going to watch every game and follow the stats and just like I normally would. But I think the, the casual fan, it's going to be very different. Uh, if we've been watching Korean baseball, you know, in the mornings and it's just very different. Not have you know, it's pretty quiet. There's not much going on. I think the broadcast would be a little different, obviously, um, here in the states for for Major League Baseball than it is for KBO. But you know, it, it'll be very, it'll be interesting. Uh, it'll be okay as far as you know, being able to watch on TV. But there's going to be a lot of disappointed fans that are not able to to go. You know, they're season ticket holders. They you thrive on going to these games and the diehard fans and. Uh, it's going to affect, you know, everybody differently. Um, but that being said, I don't even know if they're going to play. You know, I think a lot of players are pretty skeptical right now about uh, going through something like this and putting themselves in harm's way uh, for the entertainment value. You know, I think at some point, you know, it's uh, health over wealth. And, um, you know, uh, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how the players vote on it. Yeah. Rob, what do you think? Uh, I think it'll be fine if they are able to play. I think people are just edging to watch any sports. I mean, I don't think they need fans into it. I think once they get on TV and they're just there, they got their teams going. I think people will be rooting at home. I think the announcers, obviously, are going to be a little different without having the fans there. But if they can announce a game and watch it, I mean, hey, I'm a Mets fan. I mean, it's not like we have sellout crowds every night anyway. So I guess I'm kind of used to the uh, quietness. But I think it'll be fun. It'll be interesting. I guess they're proposing an 82-game regular season um, with a 30-man active roster, and uh, they're gonna. The division's gonna be really located generally, so they're doing a designated hitter for both leagues. And the East will play the East a lot, so I guess we'll see see a lot more uh, interleague games. So that should be interesting. Um, it, yeah, the Mets, be Mets, like Yankees a, in the same division with the Nationals. Yeah. I mean, poor Baltimore. Gosh. Well, it won't be the same division, but the Mets will play the Yankees, Baltimore, those teams together. So it'll still be NLAL from what I've read. Okay. But it's going to be um, the AL East will play the NL East because they're all centrally, you know, located in that same region. Um, you won't get a lot of uh, – the Mets won't play the West much, if at all, I guess, apparently. Right? So they're going to try and limit the travel. Um, it'll be interesting for sure. They're going to do 14 teams in the postseason. I just think it's it is trying to get something. I mean, they're trying to get you know blood or money out of a out of a rock right now, just to get something to give people something to watch and root for. Um, I don't know. I'll, I'll watch it anyway. You know, I just want to see what happens. You know, it'll be interesting to see who wins the quote unquote quarantine World Series here. And uh, you know, oh, were they best team? Eh, it doesn't really count. I mean, it was a short season. So I think it'll be funnier to talk about in 2021 if, uh, you know, X team wins and they're like, eh, it was a short It's going to have an asterisk. Figazi. Right. But I mean, you know, if, hey, if the Astros can play with it without an asterisk, I guess this team's will too, right? Yeah. So. The team that benefits the most from empty stadiums is the Houston Astros, that's for sure. You know, one thing we're talking about how that Major League Baseball is going to lose a lot of money, right? Well, one thing they're probably not going to lose money on is baseballs because – there's no fans to take those foul balls. There's no fans for the players to give the balls to, um, autograph, souvenirs to give out. 
so you know major league baseball make a little bit money off that i, I think you'll probably see a secondary market of um you know major league baseball is probably gonna have an online site to donate the money to uh you know the the victims relief fund or something and it'll be these Hopefully. game these foul balls that you could probably just buy from xyz game that's a foul ball you know um i would be surprised that are home run balls things like that so that that's one way they could make a little bit of money back but I, again I, I would hope they would do the right thing and just make it you know like a uh, like a donation or something like that charity event um thinking of the empty stadiums do you guys think that's going to be like a kill any momentum that a team could get not having their home fans if they're they're putting up five six runs everything's going their way do you think not having anybody there is going to kill momentum or is that what do you think rob what do you think i think it will not um these guys have all come up in the minor leagues i worked in the minor leagues there have been plenty of nights with hundred, couple of hundred fans in the stadium. These guys are playing hard. Um, I don't think there's going to be any kind of difference. I mean, I'm sure they're going to miss it, but they'll be fine playing without fans. I honestly do. I think it'll be fine because they're going to have their guys rooting for them, their own teammates. And um, I mean, I guess they're going to have 20 taxi players as well. So kind of, you know, there's going to be no minor league team, so they're going to have some extra guys. I don't know if those guys will be at the games. Maybe they will be, you know, cheering those guys on, taking stats, doing something. But I think these guys have all come up through the minors. They've all played without fans before. I think they'll be fine with it. You know, they're all they're competitive athletes, right? So they're gonna they're gonna go out there and try and win. I don't think anybody, you know, needs to have the fans. I'm sure it helps to have that for momentum, especially the older veteran guys. But I don't think they need it. They'll be fine. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I think of any sport, baseball uh, can be played. You know, those those guys on the field, if anything, they tune out the fans so much that they're so focused on what's going on that I, I almost think that with no fans, you're going to see more locked-in players. You might even see some better stats, less distraction. And, uh, you know, the, these guys are going to be more honed in on, on what's going on in the field. Uh, as opposed to what's going on in the stands. Not that they they watch, you know, all the time what's going on in the stands, but you know, like you're saying, you know, the momentum, the stand, the, the electricity, and the the atmosphere is great. But for baseball, I don't think the guys in the field really care that much. Uh, you know, the, as long as they're getting getting their hits, hitting their home runs, and it's going to be more personal with between the pitchers and the batters. Uh, you know, you, you might see some more trash talking out there, and actually be able to hear it now. Yeah, so that'll be fun. I wonder if they're going to have to do a delay, like a five or ten second delay on the uh, broadcast because of it might. <laughs> what they could potentially be hearing. They might. They might. Those mics would be picking up everything. Um, you know, it's funny. We talked a little bit about fantasy baseball. So I think without having the minor league teams, it'll be interesting because in fantasy baseball, one of the strategies is sometimes trying to catch up the guy that's in the minors that's going to be moved up, you know, whether it be you know a month into the season or something for you know, contract reasons, things like that. It'll be interesting because you will not have, oh, well, I've been watching this guy in the minors. He's going to be pulled up soon because he's doing so well in the minors. You're going to have a guy that if he's on the cusp, maybe he's sitting on that 20 bench, 20 player Rob's talking about, um, you know, the, the reserve role or something like that. But he's, you're not going to be able to see him play until he actually gets into a game. So that, that'll be interesting from a fantasy baseball perspective of how do you get some of these prospects that are right on the cusp? How do you... Do you wait until they actually go into a game and then you're fighting the waiver wire for these guys? Or do you you gamble on them ahead of time when they get the start? So uh, that'll be, uh, yeah, 
that'll be, I don't want to say interesting yet. I think I said it like five times in a row, but that'll be unique to try to figure out the waiver wire with things like that. Because a lot of times you can see how they're doing in the minors and say, oh, they're, they're primed to come up. These guys got to come up. Now we're not sure. So, um, all right. So after that, then we have the NHL and the NBA. We talk about them coming back. What do you guys think? Do you think they come back? Do you think they not come back? Do you think they just punt on the season? All right, we're just going to start fresh in 2021. Um, let's see. Rob, Brian, we'll start with you on that. What do you think? And you can say either NBA or NHL, whichever your heart desires. Uh, I guess I think um, as much as I'd like to see NHL and NBA come back, I think it's in their best interest to just call it a season. And start up again in the fall if they can, you know, if if, if they're able to, you know, at this point, they're going to come back. If should they come back now, you're looking at uh, some sort of playoff system that they're going to come up with that's just you know mocked up just for this year, just so they can get it in and, and crown a champion. I mean, I, I get it for the fans, you know, you want to see it. I, I totally want to see it myself, but. Yeah, I also, if it was my team that, that wins, it, it's a little different. You know, it's not, it's not the same as a, a, a regular season uh, with a playoffs and a, and a champion. Because I heard rumors about NHL going with a 24-team playoff system. And just if they come back, they just throw them right into like a 24-team playoff, like have at it. And then, let's be honest, what if the Rangers won the Cup? just out of nowhere because they came out hot and played well and won. There's no way the Rangers are the best team this year. And they would have never made the playoffs if it was a regular playoff format or a regular season. It kind of takes away from, from everything that all these other teams have done all year and, and everything. So, you know, you know, as much as I'd love to see it, it's almost like March Madness. It's, it's sometimes it's not always the best team that wins March Madness. It's a team that gets hot at the right time. And that, that would be the element of NBA and, and NHL or something like that, right? Where if that's what they do. Might be. Yes, that's exciting. And no, if it happened, I'm going to be glued to the, I'm going to be glued to it and watching it. I'm just saying, if it, it, it'd just be weird for whatever team to win that it's not really the same as any other. So why why put these teams through that? You know, try and rush through something, put them in, in awkward situations, health situations, just to just to do it, I don't know. I just don't know if it's worth it. Well, health aside, I mean, obviously, we'd only want to do this if the players were healthy. But I, <clears throat> I personally would kind of like to see it because I feel like it's a video game where, you know, when you go in a video game and you're like, I don't have time to play the playoffs. I can skip right to the playoffs. I can pick the teams that I want to put in there, right, where I can pick the team that's the worst place team and have them play the second worst place team or stack the deck for I want to play one game playoffs all the way because I just I don't have – I don't have the amount of time to play all these games. I can't play seven-game series on my Xbox because I just don't have the time. So I'm going to make them all one-game series. You know, I'm going to tweak the stats. I mean, it's it's kind of exciting if you think about it because we all know it's hopefully hopefully just going to be a one-year thing, and um, it's it's unique. But uh, Brian, you're you're right. It's it's not going to be like you can say, oh, the Rangers won the cup because they were the best team. They could just basically say the Rangers won the tournament cup and Stanley. You know, the Stanley Cup that was the prize at this tournament. Um, I don't know. I, I I'd be kind of excited about it because I think I'd be excited about seeing the NHL play again, and it's a creative thing that we're just not going to see. It, it just seems like a fantasy 
you know, like when you go on when you go on a video game and you set up a fantasy your own fantasy team, you pick your own team, you kinda you know, it just it kind of yeah, has no that question. feel be, to it. It'll the entertainment value is there. There's yeah. no question. I'm not questioning that. I'm just saying it's like if any team wins that, even if it is the best team that wins, it's like, eh, you're right. It's a tournament. They won the tournament and they won the COVID tournament. Good for yeah, them. Yeah, exactly. The COVID but tournament. That's exactly what it'd be. <laughs> I mean, okay. I mean, cool. You know, we got to watch some sports, but is it really worth it in the end? Like, this thing happened. Just call it a season and be done. And let's hope that, you know, we can start it up next year and that's it. You know, yeah. put a little asterisk at the end of the season, say no, no champion this year because of, you know, coronavirus pandemic and move on yeah rob what's your take sorry we kind of left you hanging there <laughs> no no worries you're still on no i i <laughs> hello is this thing on hello uh i i kind of agree with brian i mean i'm, a, I'm an islanders fan they were kind of holding on to dear life for a little playoff spot but i don't want to see you know i think this the nhl and the nba playoffs they take forever they take you know so long to get through it I think they should just, at this point, I mean, Brian, you probably know better than me what it would be in the second round of the NHL playoffs at this point. I mean, I mean, what they can't yeah, you're, make up you're the look, games. You're looking, uh, yeah, you're looking at the end of second round. You're looking at going into the conference final right about now. Right. So, I mean, how are you going to make up any kind of games, get a, a decent playoff system going? So let's let's argue and say, say they, they did what Brian does, right? What are we playing into here? July? What kind of offseason are you going to have for these guys next year to get healthy, right? So are you now jeopardizing next year's team? And you don't know. I think they should scrap it, vacate the the COVID Cup, and then just focus on next year. Say, listen, we're going to start on time. We're just what we're going to do for next year with or without fans and have plans. Put plans in place. Let guys get healthy. Let teams get back. Have an extended offseason. Let guys get healthy. I mean – there's no point to rush a guy to get him hurt because then now he's sitting out with a torn ACL for all of 2021, right? Yep. So, I mean, these guys are human. They're going to get hurt if we try and rush it you know, and screw things up. Uh, they aren't computer games, right, Nate? I mean, so these are human beings. And if we rush this back between NBA and that, getting these guys in game shape, it's just going to be a, a cluster. And then, you know, what is that going to do for your 2021 season? You know, I think – as exciting as the teams that were really good this year, they're still going to be good next year. I know, obviously, free agents. There's going to be things going on, so maybe they could talk to the, uh, you know, the players' association on things. But I think you scrap it at this point uh, for everyone's safety because you're not going to be able to play in a month. Let's be honest; you're not going to have fans in a month, so they're not going to be able to do anything really. So, once you focus on what starts September. October. Let's let's focus on you know four or five months down the road now, and uh, you know get a get a plan together in place and get a full season in next year. Whether it be uh, quarantining the the teams, you know, at the hotels, maybe modified schedules. You know, I think it's a little bit different than baseball where they're not playing back to back to back to back games. So I think they have time to put a, a good plan in place now, not to rush a half ass plan. Just to get up, just to have a, a champion, yeah. you know, like you said, a Fagazi champion. If the Islanders want it right now, I feel the same way. I'd be like, eh, they were slipping at the end of the season. Maybe some guys get hurt, you know, and, and they end up squeaking out and winning a playoff, uh, a championship cup. I would not feel good about the Islanders winning it right now. So I yeah, agree. you would. 
Yeah, you would. My team's never I, won. I would, yeah, I you would. You're an Islander Brian's fan. Come on, face. don't lie. Don't lie. You'd be, still, you'd be running around screaming from the rooftops that the Islanders won. Don't. I don't would be running outside of Brian's house, holding a cup in my box of shorts, chugging beer out of it if the Islanders won it. That is true. Yep. But, send my dog after you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My uh, the Coyotes, the Coyotes have never won any. The Coyotes have never won a cup, so I, I would still take it. I take the asterisk with it. the asterisk can be all over all the gear. I'd still go out and buy some Stanley Cup COVID <laughs> champions Arizona Coyotes. I'd take that all day. But you know what, guys? I mean, yeah, you guys are dead on. I mean, with with what you're saying about just you know punting on the year. But imagine if we can get all these sports back on track, if even without fans, things like that. Can you imagine though? You're talking like July. You might have NBA. You might have NHL, you might have MLB, and then you have the NFL starting in like late August. I mean, could you imagine the amount of sports we're going to have? We're, we're going from stay at home all the time to if we open everything back up. Now we're going to go back inside because we're going to be like, oh, man, there's all many sports to watch now. I mean, they're going to be flexing the games to certain times of the day to the point where it's not going to be Korean baseball where you're watching it at 530 Eastern you know, every morning. But gosh, you might have games that start like 11 o'clock. So you wake up, you get your kids dressed or whatever, you get them off to school or whatever we're doing, camp, and then you get some breakfast and then get some work done, and then boom, you got sports, you got NHL, and then you go right into NBA, and then you got you know MLB for the nightcap. I mean, from sports from a fan them. excitement from a fan excitement standpoint, that might be kind of exciting to watch. Obviously, that would be very good for sports bars if they are able to open up safely where you could go there. That's going to be good for some. Maybe that'll be good for some of the restaurants that people will. You know, maybe rotate in for different games, and you could get three games. You know, three different sports in the same day that might help help them. But uh, yeah, I, I think you guys you guys make very good points about scrapping it for this season. Um, so anyway, but all right, well we're out of time. We'll see what happens by this time in two or three weeks when we do our next podcast. If we're starting seasons or if seasons are you know considered canceled at that point, we'll see. But guys, I want to give you guys each a minute left to just say whatever you want to say politely. Uh, so. Rob, keep it, keep it clean. Rob, go ahead. You go first. Oh, geez, I wasn't even thinking about it. Um, so keep see. it clean. You threw them off. Yeah, I keep know. it clean. I had all these f bombs ready to be dropped on it. No, I'm going to say uh, I, I am hoping that we can get sports going and some sort of um, getting back to normalcy real quick. Uh, I'm a big baseball fan, so I'm hoping that they are able to play some sort of season, even a modified season, even with the DH in both leagues, which I think is going to propel the NL to permanently have a DH. If this does happen, you heard it here first. I am not a fan of it. I think it's fake baseball, and uh, I prefer it without, but I, I have a feeling if they do go with the DH, that it's going gonna, it's gonna to stay in the NL moving forward. All right, Brian. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, definitely going to – DH is coming. Whether you like it or not, it's going to happen. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I want sports back in the worst way. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know how to – I don't know what the best course of, of action is here. I want it, but I'd rather have legit sports than just something thrown together and put these guys in harm's way. You know, these are humans. Uh, they're not property of anybody, so – you know, let's let's do the right thing. However, we're supposed to do that. Um, and shout out to my uh, sisters-in-law, Katie, Jilly, my New York uh, contingent. They're on the front lines down there in New York City. Doctors working on their research and delivering babies and doing all that good stuff there. So, 
shout out to them. They're all doing a good job and to all the other frontline workers. Yep. Thanks. Uh, on behalf of our podcast, thanks so much to everybody out there that's um, trying to keep us safe, trying to keep us healthy. That's not an easy job. Um, so thanks so much for that. So, all right, for Rob, Brian, and myself, thanks for listening to Trumbull Dads. This time we'll, we'll catch you in a couple weeks. Have a good night. <laughs>